Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience podcast. This is kind of a fun interview week for me because this guest and I have been interacting, I think at this point for like years and um, just we've been in this space together as this podcast has grown and I'm very grateful that my guest today has been a longtime listener so and supporter and that always feels good. I love knowing that there's real people on the other end and you guys are just so nice and it like that's what motivates me to keep going. But without further ado, go ahead, mystery guest. Tell us who you are, <laughs> where you're from, and what council, and how you're involved with Girl Scouts. Okay. So my name is Jennifer McCray, and I live in Prairie Village, which is a suburb um, on the Kansas side of Kansas City. We are in the wait, GSKSMO. So we are in the Northwest Missouri, Northeast Kansas. Um, it's like a silly acronym, um, council, which is that way sort of, we don't split the state with the, um, or split the city with Kansas on one side and Missouri on the other side. I am the troop leader for my daughter's Daisy troop. Um, she's my first child. So it's my first troop. Um, we started at kindergarten and we're in first grade now. I guess a little about me separate from Girl Scouts and some of this maybe gives context to my answers later, but I am a internist. I, so I practice primary care um, at one of the hospital systems in town. I um, like a strong passion for feminism and for STEM and science education. Um, and Girl Scouts just really complements a lot of the things that are important to me and my family. So that's, I guess, kind of where my current involvement lies. Yeah, that's awesome. And I can see why we get along so well. You must be such a value add to the troop and probably to your council to have some confidence and some experience in the STEM field. So tell me more about your troop, your your daughter's in first grade, but is your whole troop first grade and how many girls do you have? So our whole troop is in first grade. I am lucky. We are lucky in that Girl Scouts is very popular in our city and in our school. So there are at least through juniors, there's a troop at every grade. So when we started our first meeting in kindergarten, we had 12 girls. And I remember thinking when I first started the troop, I was really nervous that I wasn't going to have enough even to make a troop. And then bloomed to 12. And by the, maybe the next meeting, I think we were at like 16. And then pretty quickly after that, we were at 19. So we're at 19 girls all of last year. And then um, this year we have added five more girls and we didn't lose anyone. So kind of looping into sort of, I guess, feeling, feeling good that this is having a positive impact. Every girl from last year stayed in our troop and is active in our troop. And then we added five more girls. So we are at 25 now. And then that is a lot of first graders. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's chaos. It's bigger than actually like their classes. Their classes are capped at 20 and I don't have an education or like (laughs) experience in childhood education, but I have amazing parent volunteers. If I didn't have them, then this would just fall apart. And so more than half of the scouts in our troop have a grown-up that volunteers at our meetings. And some of those grown-ups are teachers or have experience in their grade at like 
getting everybody rounded up or in line where I just, I'm like, Hey, line up. And then it's not happening. And they're always willing to do stuff either before or after meetings that I need help with. Um, we have, I have never had a problem getting adults to come to meetings. And that is, that is the key to having, I think a troop as big as ours. I had myself muted, but I cackled when you said, Hey, line up. <laughs> and then it just doesn't happen. Um, were you in Girl Scouts when you were growing up? Yeah. So I grew up in kind of South Central Colorado in a smaller city called Canyon City. Um, and I was in a council. It was a pretty sprawling council. So it included like Pueblo, Colorado. I was in Girl Scouts from brownies through seniors. So I maybe daisies had started, but there were no daisy troops, I think, in my area. Um, so brownies was kind of where everybody started. There were no ambassadors yet. Um, I really regret not graduating as a Girl Scout. What happened was that maybe my junior year of high school, we, the troop fell apart. There just wasn't enough interest. Um, and that didn't like occur to me to be a Juliet. And so we just stopped Girl Scouting, which I guess for whatever 16, 17 year old me didn't seem like a problem, but now I really, really wish I had carried it all the way through. Yeah, me too. That's totally relatable. What is one of your favorite memories from when you were in Girl Scouts growing up? Yeah, so um, one, one. Um, I was thinking back on this and I have, oh gosh, one of my favorite memories is I think the year where I sold like way too many cookies. So we are one of those councils, um, both when I was growing up and then actually are, um, where I'm at currently where you do the pre-orders. And there was also no online then. So this is all paper orders. And I was in elementary school, I don't know, like fourth or fifth grade. Um, and a friend of mine who was also in the troop, she and I walked around like all over our city and I sold 450 boxes without sort of the context or understanding that then we had to have those and deliver them. Um, and my mom, who was I, our service unit um what product manager for cookies, uh, then had to not only, you know, manage all of the cookies for the service unit and deal with all the money and the cookies in our garage, but then help me deliver this like ridiculous number of cookies. But I was so proud of myself and I got all the swag. So um, that that is a fun memory of mine. Um, other things, I mean, I remember we got to sleep at the Denver Museum. We got to, so my hometown's kind of strange in that there are a lot of prisons uh, around. It's an industry. And there was a new women's prison uh, that was built. And before it opened up, we got to tour it. And just like this massive number of Girl Scouts wandering around this empty prison, which again, at the time didn't seem weird, but reflecting on it was a very strange thing. Um, and so I feel like for me, Girl Scouts gave me an opportunity to do a lot of things that I just obviously would never have done otherwise. Yeah, I, I love it. I think the museum one I can relate to. Lock-ins were so fun, and, and mm -hmm. I'm sure this really varies by area, but those were my favorite memories when I was a kid in Girl Scouts. I loved lock-ins at museums and science centers and stuff, and, and it is kind of creepy. Like, as an adult, I think, like, why is that fun? But it totally was. Yes, I definitely remember um, there was a lock-in we did at a zoo, the Pueblo Zoo. 
and there were um, some turtles that apparently turtles, um, when they mate, they mate at night. And there were some very um, enthusiastic turtles um, <laughs> that while we were trying to sleep. Um, and my my troop, my girls, they want to go sleep in the penguin pavilion. It's one of our goals for a cookie time this year. And I was like, oh, man, I hope we don't have like a hilarious, awkward repeat of that situation where we'll have to explain what the penguins are doing. Perhaps one day they will tell that story on their own podcast interview. <laughs> so what made you decide to get involved as a volunteer and why do you continue to come back? So initially it was that I really wanted my daughter to be in Girl Scouts. I thought that it would offer her a lot of the same things that I got out of Girl Scouts, so confidence and sort of an adventurous spirit and opportunity to do lots of I don't know, unique things and being in an environment that was um, all girls or predominantly girls. And so um, there was like kindergarten orientation and there was a flyer and there was a phone number on it and I contacted it and it was the um, our service unit recruiter. And she was like, great, well, we don't have a leader. So um, what do you think? You should be a leader. And it's like, uh, wait, what? It was like the classic, like getting, you know, not tricked exactly, but just like sucked in. And I was like, okay, I can probably, I can probably do this. And then, you know, thinking back to just with my personality, I, I, I think that it makes sense, I guess, for me to, to, be a leader or at least be really involved and it also let me like make sure that the meeting times were a time when that was going to work for me um, and my daughter and my family and then continuing I um, so we started so last year so pandemic was already going on and things were a little bit better but I definitely was burned out as a healthcare provider and hadn't really realized that I needed a not medicine related thing in my life until I like blossomed and just really had a lot of fun with my troop. And it gave me and gives me an amazing creative outlet to do things that have nothing to do with all of the stressful things in my life. And um, the, the scouts are hilarious they never cease to surprise me. And I, I don't know, I, I joke that I have like 25, like seven year old best friends. Um, and so it has just, I think, really provided a lot of like emotional balance in my life. I love everything about that. What would you say is one of your proudest moments so far as a volunteer? So I think from a I don't know, maybe like from a me impact that could be that we, that everybody came back. I have a lot of imposter syndrome. I don't know. I think a lot of, um, I don't know, women do. Um, and so I constantly felt like maybe this wasn't going well, or I wasn't, you know, I don't know, like reaching enough girls or that they were having a good experience despite everyone telling me that they were. And so when everybody came back, I was like, oh, okay, good. Maybe they really are enjoying Girl Scouts. Uh, I think other things that um, another really proud moment, sort of thinking about the girls doing amazing things. We, they have, uh, they're very passionate about animals and we uh, volunteered last year at a local animal shelter called Wayside Waifs, or we did an event with them. I guess it wasn't necessarily volunteering last year. They We did like a class on empathy 
related to animals and people and then a, a tour and they really wanted to go back this year and so this year we also did a little service project there we folded some towels and like delivered some blankets but they um part of the volunteering was that they read bedtime stories to the dogs and when you're in first grade like learning to read is a big deal on there at different levels um but the, it was just amazing to see all of them sort of sitting in front of these panels reading or at least describing the pictures and kind of interacting with these animals and you could see that they really they felt like they were um doing something really special uh, by, you know, I don't know, comforting these animals and reading them stories. That's really sweet. What is one of the coolest adventures that you've done with your troop? So we, um, after cookie season, so once we had more like resources, the local Shakespeare Ensemble is one of our Girl Scout community partners. And they, you could, for like a per girl fee, have them come to a meeting and I thought that would be a fun thing that provide, you know, some balance and maybe an activity that's not, I don't like to do like a craft every meeting or something like that. You try to do like variety of meetings where we go places or people come to us. And so we sitting with the troop kind of went over the list of different things like juggling or improv or whatever. And they unanimously picked um, stage fighting. And so this woman came and brought foam swords and they all learned how to I guess defend and then strike like with swords and sort of these like choreographed sword battles and then we split into two groups and had like sort of mock mock sword fights and it was amazing it was hilarious as adults but they I mean they their confidence they loved it it was it was really great I have a million questions first of all how do you think of something like that? So some of it is I I go to like the source material, like the badges or um, look at fun patches to try to get inspiration for things. Or I spend a lot of time digging through like our council webpage for identified community partners to see like, oh, that seems interesting. And then trying to connect it to other things. Uh, and then with the badges, sort of thinking about the spirit of the badge versus the strict requirements like I don't they our meetings are after school um like like 6 p.m so they've had long days I'm not gonna read them stories or make them do anything that feels like schoolwork. and so we do a lot of things that are in the spirit of the badge but aren't exactly the um badge requirements and so thinking about things that I mean kind of loosely was like a strong and courageous pedal I don't know sort of kind of just knowing the program and and I think your podcast has helped a lot with that and sort of thinking about like I always want to make sure that something is either girl-led or cooperative learning or learning by doing and then looking at resources and trying to come up with something fun thank you that's really really meaningful because I was just gonna say I really want to emphasize what you pointed out here, which is that there's so much criticism, either self-criticism or if you spend time um, in some online spaces about Girl Scouts where there are a bunch of other leaders, there can be, it can be really easy to be critical of not doing the program or not doing the program the way it's intended to be done or, you know, did the girls even 
earn the badge if you didn't do the requirements. But like just from the stories you've already told, there's absolutely no question what kind of incredibly high impact programming the girls in your troop are experiencing and they're in first grade. So my point here is that (laughs) if we are doing GSLE, which is exactly what you were just sharing with the principles of girl-led cooperative learning, learning by doing, then that is the program. And that is unbelievably more effective than necessarily doing exactly the steps as they are written. So like, it's totally okay. And um, in fact, it can be even more fun. So I love that. Okay. My other question about that, because it just sounds so cool to have brought somebody in who can specialize in that who can teach girls about that uh is it was that a person who was already a community partner who was established with council yes yeah and that was the amazing thing and I don't I know so uh part of um I think what was just been interesting about the history of our troop so we started with like we were a new troop and we had zero budget And so I went through, and I do this probably every three to six months, and I look at all of the kind of schedule yourself community partners and see if there's anything new. And then I made a list of everything that was free or relatively low cost. And then I also made a list of the super cool things. Like the Shakespeare Ensemble was was not either of those things, but it wasn't like outrageously expensive and I knew it was something that was going to be really fun. And so we just plan that for the spring kind of post cookies and so I just look at all of those resources and then if something comes up or a girl expressed an interest in something where I'm like oh you know what we could connect with that one other program and try to find a way to I don't know connect it to like a badge that we're working on or something like that we did the first aid pin and one of the girls in my troop she really wants to be a police officer and she she'll talk about that multiple times it's a consistent thread in her personality and so we had a young female police officer come but the talk was more from the focus of like what to do in emergencies and you know when do you call 911 and um, we did like some like when someone's choking and some basic first aid and things like that. But then they also got to like climb around in her patrol car and things like that. So, you know, I think some of it is um, spending a little time going through and just kind of knowing what's out there and then waiting for something else to kind of connect with that and inspire you to, to do it. That's been, I guess, what, what worked for, for me was mostly that. Okay, I'm so glad you went there because that was my my next question about the activities you were talking about and the partnership partners, community partners and whatnot is how the heck you afford it. I I when I had um an active troop, one of the things that I really wanted to do um or there were several, but some things that I really wanted to do that I looked into were people and I've shared this on the podcast before, but it's been a while. Um, where people who do birthday parties, if they do an event for birthday parties, then they already have an event for kids or they already have a, a workshop for kids. And so whether that was juggling or, you know, any kind of like circus performing or the stage fighting really reminded me of that. 
there are so many things like that that I would go look into and then they would end up being so expensive. And Mm -hmm. so some of them we could do, like we brought in a reptile handler, which was thrilling. It was very, very fun. And it was a surprise The the adults knew the girls did not know. And they got to literally handle several reptiles, including a snake. It was very, very cool. And the pictures are awesome. And their faces were so they just screamed and they were excited and they were giggling and it was wonderful. So it was it was so much fun. And some people will really cooperate with you on pricing when you talk about being Girl Scouts. But um, but the budget thing is a very real. Yeah. So do you find how I mean. So you're going through community partners with your council, which it sounds like your council has a pretty accessible resource for you of who the community partners are that might not be true for everyone but do you find that that there are a lot of people who are willing to come in and do program with your girls at free or no cost or little cost so um i think some so yes yes um for free or little cost maybe not i mean some of the things are expensive like like the shakespeare thing or we had the zoo come and they brought some animals um i'm actually also totally in the spring stealing your reptile idea that um i have i have it that scheduled i think for april as a secret it's so fun you will not regret it and you have to send me pictures it was so good but then there are also like other things that I think the girls really liked and responded to. Um, one one that was free was that our local food bank called Harvesters actually has a patch program. It's like four patches on so hunger and um, and also food waste and, and nutrition and choices. And they came and did a presentation like age appropriate perfect for they can it was it was last year kindergartners on hunger and then we did um the food waste patch and they provided the badges the actual patches for free um i think they had like a grant or something like that and so that was one of the first kind of fun patch things that we did because we didn't have to pay anything for that um and supplies wise a lot of that was donated so when we were we did the food waste thing we had cut out pictures like we had all the parent volunteers kind of help me collect it but cut out pictures of food from like magazines and newspapers and things like that and then the girls had paper plates and that was a pretend that these are leftovers and make a new meal kind of collage and then also make a silly meal like ice cream pizza and so um, that you know that cost us nothing because I had scavenged for things like plates or uh, glue sticks. Another thing that we did that ended up being, I mean, really just supplies was the local Arboretum had a free day on a Saturday. And so we did the outdoor art maker badge there on their free day. And we played like animal or like animal kind of art charades. And then we made necklaces using like, I don't know, the colors of the flowers around us. That was really fun. And it was also kind of like a outdoor progression because we had to like hike out to the place I mean hike whatever walk um across some grass to the place where we ended up doing um doing the necklaces from and so things like that um I you know it it took some planning or thinking about how I was going to make that happen but I mean, it ended up costing, I don't know, maybe like $12 for like the cord, the pony beads, which a lot of those I ended up getting donated um, and like some markers and stuff. How do you, how do you approach donations? Who's donating and how do you ask? 
So what I discovered and what has been kind of fun about this was we have a very active and kind of fun buy nothing group on social media and Facebook in um, Prairie Village and Overland Park. So these kind of two close suburbs. So people will post whatever, like, oh, I'm cleaning up my craft closet. Here's a bunch of stuff. And I've just been kind of aggressive about trying to claim, I don't claim, but um, usually it's like a couple of people will respond and then someone will be randomly chosen. And so initially I got just a lot of supplies. And then also sort of at the end of the school year last year, if anyone had, you know, I don't know, markers or things that they as parents were, maybe they were old and they were going to get rid of or, you know, glue sticks, things like that. And so got some donations of lightly used school supplies that way. Um, But really the buy nothing group helped me get like a lot of stuff. We did the, uh, the engineering journey and I started we did it in the spring, but I started around November um, and would just kind of occasionally post a reminder asking people for wrapping paper tubes or like large cardboard tubes and spent, I don't know, kind of months collecting them. And it wasn't like it was like that was all I did. It was just from time to time, you know, someone would post something or text me and they'd have something and this giant pile of like cardboard tubes and similar kind of cardboardy things. And so we built bridges when we kind of learned about different bridge styles and had some um, like graph paper and they kind of planned out their bridges. And then they broke into a couple groups and built like they were not strong enough for people to walk across, but they were big, like fun bridges. And we had like duct tape. And um, so that was, that was really fun. And again, cost, I mean, just the, the duct tape I ended up having to buy. So many of the activities that you've shared, what's going on in my head is thinking about the fact that that was primarily, you know, kindergarten and then the first half of your first grade year, right? So they're daisies and they're young daisies that have done the activities that you're talking about. And a lot of those activities would be interesting to girls, even all the way through middle school. Like they're fun because they're hands-on and they're, I mean, um, we hiking as walking across grass sure that's at the beginning but like so many of the things that you mentioned are things that girls of all ages would love and so I hope anybody listening just feels like they've gotten so many ideas do you have any other low or no budget tips or ideas or experiences that you wanted to share specifically yeah so we did um another one that was relatively low low cost was a um, thing about outdoor progression. So over the summer, we did a, I don't know, kind of camping skills um, time in a park, I guess, afternoon in a park. And um, I got some tents, just like borrowed some tents and kind of put them out and told the girls that they should set them up and that the adults could help, but they had to tell the adults what to do. So they had to like figure out how to put them up, which was really fun. And then because the more you put up a tent, the more you kind of figure out how to put up a tent. So Definitely. Like a- and also being able to communicate how to instructions, step-by-step instructions to another person, also another skill set. So great. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, instead of asking the adults, like, what do I do next? The the girls kind of figured it out and then asking them for help, like, oh, can you hold this here? Um, and they had to work together. So it was a, it was a, I felt like that was a good kind of hitting many of the GSLE things. And then we did s'mores for an, I think that one I spent maybe 
I don't know, like $80 on total for, we made s'mores and we made, um, I mean, they were kind of like pizza paninis using hot dog buns, but I mean, the girls loved them and it was cheap and something that you could easily do like camping, camping overnight, car camping. Um, so that was one we did. And then we also have another good resource and you could, people could, you could do this similarly with scavenging, but there's a, a really cool shop here in Kansas city called scraps KC. And it is, it's literally a store of scraps, like scrap ribbon and pieces of felt and like dried up markers. If you want to like have like marker, um, uh, they have like a fun kit where you can make like a jump rope out of marker lids and things like that. And it's all donated. And then they use the money to support, um, local people who are homeless. And I, I think I spent $25, $25 to buy a ton of supplies. And we did the board game design badge and we did it over a couple of meetings. So we did a meeting where it was like the research. And so brought in a couple of board games and they kind of rotated through and played them. And then we kind of planned out the games and then we had all these, you know, just sort of random supplies for things that they could use as like spinners or um, little avatars or men that you move around the board. And um, so that was another really fun one. And then we played the games together and again, was, was very low cost and um, you could probably do for free. I love this. So, so many fun ideas. And honestly, it just sounds like being in your troop is so fun. You do a lot of really fun things. Well, these are things that I would want to do. And I just just do them with my my first grade friends and their moms yes. yes okay that's exactly how I felt about it too I think you've really captured the essence of that so well where especially as they got continued to get older I felt more and more like that like they're such cool little people and they're so funny and smart and interesting and they've got such big ideas even younger than you would expect especially I remember when we would first start conversations around the bronze project and they would start brainstorming ideas and I've shared this before but um, I came to my very first bronze planning meeting with a list of my own ideas that I hoped would help them get the the wheels turning you know that would help them start brainstorming things um, and have an idea of like something to compare it to. And I literally did not even need it. There was not a single idea that that came from me. They all just jumped on it. And and I think it's kind of it's kind of astonishing how interesting and fun they are. <laughs> that sounds yeah. dumb, but yeah. like it surprised me. No, it's absolutely. And I you know, last year I think there was a lot of things that that we did that needed me to plan them in advance, but we did like a survey um, of what they were interested in at the beginning of the year so that it was still girl-led girl and that I knew what they were interested in. And then I found opportunities to, I guess, celebrate or experience those interests for them. And then as they rest through Girl Scouts and get older, we'll do more, I don't know, where they can plan things, but um, but I think that that is part of um, thinking about girl-led not being literally 100% all the time girl-led because it would be I mean chaos if if I had 25 brown or daisies 
trying to figure out what they wanted to do without maybe a little bit of guidance and suggestion. But we had our, our meeting last night. Part of it was getting ready for cookie season. It starts here on Saturday. And so we did some kind of brainstorming of things um, that we would want to do as a troop. And we talked about needs versus wants and did the part of the money choices badge. But then we, we kind of came up with some ideas and did like silly voting. But one of the things that had never occurred to me was they want to do something related to pets and either they talked about bringing their pets to a meeting, but we meet in the elementary school. So I don't think that will necessarily work, but maybe, you know, we're talking about like, well, we could meet in a park and that could be the day where people bring their dogs maybe. And, you know, we could do something with the dogs or, and they loved that idea. And I was like, okay, well, I can try to figure out how to make that work. Or we can do something kind of similar, like maybe go to a veterinarian and learn how to take care of animals that way. Um, but it's it's a, I don't know, it's, it just gives me an opportunity to like think of really fun things um, to do with that, you know, I'd probably want to, I'd want to do with my daughter and then I just scale it up by 25. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And, and sometimes scaling it up by in your case 25 whether it's 12 or 6 or whatever sometimes scaling it up there's actually ways to bring the cost down per person and so it sounds like you know you would think oh anything that I would want to do with one kid times 25 is going to cost 25 times more that's not actually 100% true right and so I think that looking for things that have ways to do bulk discounts of some kind or group discounts can also be really helpful. Yeah. And like flat fee things become cheaper the more girls you have. So we had someone this year come and do yoga and teach us kind of a yoga class that was tied into um, the like respect myself pe- uh, pedal and strong and courageous um, to you know, kind of do the pedal for the new girls and then review from last year. And so that was 75 or something like that so then the pearl girl cost was relatively low and then they loved it so good yeah so good so you know this question is coming because you've listened to plenty of these episodes and also i sent it to you beforehand but girl scouts isn't just to help girls grow it's for adults to grow too what is one way you have been impacted or changed through your experience of volunteering with girl scouts So I think that it has, um, I mean, I talked a little bit, I think some of the, like just kind of bringing me out of some burnout um, and giving me that creative outlet. And then I think the other part of it is that it is really hard to make friends as an adult. And in social situations, um, obviously I'm very talkative, but I I can be very introverted um, and nervous when there's like a bunch of people around that I don't know. And so this, I guess, unintentionally allowed me to meet the families of like, I don't know, at least a third of the um, other girls in first grade um, in kindergarten last year. And so have made a lot of friends in my neighborhood with other uh, adult women that um, I wouldn't have made otherwise. And it has really been like rewarding and nice in that aspect. I, you know, I certainly have like friends in my career, but it's, I don't know, it's nice to have people who I don't work with so that I don't have to think about work um, when I'm with them too. Yeah. That makes so much sense. What would you say has been your biggest challenge as a troop leader? So, um, I, I think that it has been the, 
Um, some of it's been like asking for help. And part of it is not that I feel like I need to do everything on my own, but part of it is a, I have enough, I guess, things going on that, that I might be doing things, getting things ready at the last minute. Like, um, I don't know, staying, <laughs> pulling an all-nighter the night before a meeting so I can get the supplies ready and then go to work and then do the meeting, which is kind of my MO. And so I, you know, if I plan ahead well enough, then I can ask other people for help. So this meeting last night, um, I did do that. And I had, I had to do almost nothing. The parent volunteers, we made scarves out of like kind of cookie felt, whatever for, um, cookie booths to wear at cookie booths. And they kind of cut all the felt and cut all the ribbons and, um, it saved me a ton of time, but it was just, I had to kind of think ahead about like, you know, dimensions and supplies and things like that. And so that has been part of it has been the trying to be organized enough that then I can ask for help <clears throat> because then it doesn't take as much time versus the um, kind of the last minute, like just pulling things together. Yeah. What advice do you have for new troop leaders? So I, I think one is really looking at um, digging through like what resources your council has for activities and people that um, that might be willing to kind of like, I don't know, do free things for the troop. I definitely recommend finding your neighborhood by nothing or similar kind of site because that is a great resource for just getting anything of it like Squirrel Scouts, right? Like we should be using resources wisely and reuse, reduce, recycle. And so, you know, trying to, to give new life to things that might otherwise get thrown away, that has been a big thing. And then I also think just trying to find, so like service unit, well, there's a service unit manager and they're always kind of helpful for more technical questions, but finding other troop leaders and figuring out what has worked well for them and, kind of getting ideas from them and trying to maybe do joint things. And so I, um, because that was helpful for me, the, I reached out to the parent who's the leader of the kind of kindergarten group of Daisy's behind us and sent her basically all the meeting plans and things that I had from last year um, so that she could, she doesn't have to do them, right? But here sort of, she doesn't have to redo all that, that groundwork though, if she wanted to use any of those ideas. And what advice would you give someone considering volunteering for Girl Scouts? So I, I mean, I, they, they should definitely do it, which I, I'm sure I would be shocked if anyone has ever been like, well, I don't know, but, um, but yes, I think that it is, it is, it's really fun. It's really rewarding and it's not, I mean, it is what you make it. So there are resources, you don't have to spend as much time as, as like a, I don't know. I do, but, um, you know, there are meeting plans out there and there are a lot of resources. So you don't have to come up with everything on your own, but then you can, which is really super fun. So, um, yeah. And you I can think ease that... into it, I think, mm -hmm. which I, I can really tell by listening to you how much we're alike. And so, um, starting off with using the resources that are available to you and starting easily and then, if you think it's fun, ramping up of being able to kind of create your own adventure in, in Girl Scouting. I think we're very alike in that way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And when that was part of your, 
your podcast has been so helpful because I, I mean, I was a Girl Scout back when, right? Like they're, they're, I mean, barely, we barely computers, like no cell phones, that kind of stuff. And so I certainly was behind on the program and I don't know, changes in Girl Scouts didn't even know ambassadors were a thing. And so I felt like your podcast really helped me get up to speed, but it was also just very inspirational. So if there were times where I was like, just not really feeling it, like, oh, I don't know, I don't really like feel like planning this meeting or getting things ready, I would listen to some of my favorite ones that you did, like the one where the 10X, the meeting or the, um, the five-star podcast um and be like yeah no this is this is really fun and I want to do this and that um I don't know that has been really helpful thank you that like gives me chills and and likewise anytime I think about man do I really have time to do this podcast anymore my troops aren't even active right now like what I mean (laughs) do I need to keep doing this then I hear something like that from you and it's like okay yeah I I it's worth it. It's worth it. And if I don't do it, who will? Because there still isn't another podcast like this one out there. So I'm also going to say that if you're listening and you're like, I could do this. Yes, you could. And we need more podcasts like this so that we all have other resources to turn to when we need that, that <laughs> shot of Girl Scout juice. Right? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Put an adrenaline shot to yeah. like put you back in. Um into Girl Scout mode. And when I have conversations with like this with people like you, I think this program is amazing. And what we're doing is so cool. And these girls, the experience that they're having, even if they only did kindergarten and first grade with you, and then they didn't, didn't continue for whatever reason, um, just the time that they've had with you at this time of their lives, that's impacting who they are as people it's impacting how they see the world and it's going to be memories that they have of their childhood for the rest of their lives and that's incredibly powerful and even more so if they stay longer right which of course is is even better so anyway i all of that to say thank you so much for everything you do for the girls in your area so many girls in your area and um I just, I appreciate your time and I love getting to chat with you about your troop. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. 